Well, welcome to another podcast with Steve and Eddie, and uh, we're here together here at Crossroads Community Church in Sullivan, Indiana. It is good to see you, Eddie, and just for people that are listening, for the first time, we had to go back and start over again after we had got our intro going. Yeah, well. Sometimes uh, it happens, right? Technology does that. It's a great thing, but it can come back to bite you. I know, it, it really can. Uh, we were actually talking about the fact that you took care of your voting already, kind of early yeah. voting, and went in there and stood for about an hour, huh? Yeah, it was about an hour wait, but uh, like I said, it's I think it's our duty as followers of Christ to be involved in politics, but as I always say, before you go to vote, you need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you um, in voting. I think sometimes people put their faith over their politics, and that's not a good thing to do actually but it happens I know maybe I've even been guilty about it in the past but I'm not really a political person I'm an independent so to speak but nonetheless it's like I said Sunday we we shouldn't see ourselves as Republicans or Democrats but as Americans right Americans who love Christ and right that's how we I think that our most important title in life is follower of Christ that's right. That is the are. most important. Yeah. So, and we talked a little bit before we got deleted there on the other audio, just a little bit about sharing about the consistency of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, allowing Him to do that so that when we go into a time of prayer and a time of deciding in our choice, it, it's a consistency of our life in Christ, our life in the Word, um, are recognizing the way that we feel the Holy Spirit nudging us and working through us. Well, and, and so many years we've heard the whole concept of separation of church and state. And I agree with that to a degree, to, for a little bit, I suppose, to a degree. But I think followers of Christ need to be involved mm-hmm. in government. Yeah. Because we're salt and light. That's right. That's the way we are. If we just say hands off and then we sit and complain and whine about some of the policies that are made that there's not a a voice of Christ speaking into that situation, I think we need to be involved in all facets of society. That's right. And then when we do make our decisions, we don't just ram it down somebody else's Mm -mm, throat. We continue to use the, the fruits of the Spirit to let um, the love of Christ to be known. And God will, mm-hmm. in His sovereignty, work through um, and, and choose and will work with sure. uh, those individuals that are in, in leadership in the positions that they are across the world. And it's for the greater understanding that God is in charge. Amen. He is in control and He is still on the throne. And the end is still going to be remaining, that Christ is coming back, that God will remain on the throne, and that um, eternity is with Him. And, and that is our hope for you each that he that you have chosen to be with him through Jesus Christ with him. Uh, the opposite is not it not good. We don't. We hope that you are going to uh, to continue to make those right choices. That you have made the right choice um, to follow Jesus Christ, to follow God, and to uh, make heaven your home. Uh, hell is no no. Uh, lover of souls it's uh, about (laughs) destruction and and uh, so anyway um thanks for being here today folks and and thanks for listening in and we got some neat responses from last week just um 
thanking us for continuing this process to being consistent every week at doing this um, just the enjoyment of um, of hearing um, the relevancy of our lives uh, from where Eddie has brought a message from the week past and into the week to come etc etc and so uh, we're glad that you're listening we really are um, take we take this time to do this so that it is relevant and that uh, kind of hits a deeper uh, deeper groove sure. uh, maybe along these lines so before we get started let's have a word of prayer and uh, we'll get right into it thank you lord for your love and your grace in our lives thank you that you are still on the throne and that that in spite of us you're you're able to move forward and, and uh lord you're asking us to to become more uh close not only closer in our relationship with you but holy as you are holy um, I pray, Lord, that we won't give up on that uh, for the fact that you're, you're helping us through your Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. And that's exactly what we want today in this podcast. You're leading and guiding as we speak about these relevant things. So, Lord, I pray that as our words go out, that they will be very um, uh, wrapped around your heart and what you would want to talk about, the hope and uh, the future that you have for us. So, Lord, we thank you for all these things, and we ask for your guidance now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, the title of the message uh, last Sunday was, We Need Hope to Survive. And I started out with a, with a clip that talked about hope and people losing hope and how to, uh, to keep going. And the whole point was to be positive and keep moving forward and not to just sit back, <laughs> actually. But it... it, it it ends with with the words, "Have faith." Mm. So then you ask the question, "Faith in what?" You know, a lot of people have faith. I think there's even some that still have faith in the government. <laughs> they have faith in themselves. Uh, but the, it, the the bottom line is, the only way that we can have true hope is have faith in Jesus Christ, because He's the only one that that can actually give us real, actual, bona fide hope. He's the only one. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I went through a whole list of things, I'm not going to go through that. It's kind of an exhaustive list, actually. But in the midst of a world pandemic, hope gets us through it and helps us look forward to a brighter future. You, I don't, man, I, I think it'd be awful hard to live without any hope. Oh, my. Webster defines hope, desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. To desire with expectation of obtainment, to expect with confidence. You know, without without hope, prisoners of war languish and die. Without without hope, students get discouraged and drop out of school. Without hope, athletic teams fall into a slump and continue to lose. Fledging writers long uh, longing to be published run out of determination. Addicts return to their habits. Marriage partners decide to divorce. Inventors, artists, entertainers, entrepreneurs. And preachers lose their creativity. It's gone. I use that well-worn phrase that I learned from Charles Swindoll. We get stuck in a rut, and a rut is a grave with both ends kicked out. You're not going anywhere. You just stay stay where you're at, actually. Hope gets us out of that, actually. Uh, and, uh, I found, of course, we we talk about, you, you mentioned hell a while ago, and in, in a lot of people's suicide notes, the word hopeless is written out, mm-hmm. and if it's not, you can read between the lines. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's like Dante's Inferno. 
that journey through hell and on the gate to hell is the words that say enter in all ye without no hope right because there is no hope <clears throat> i mean if you die without christ there is no hope you are hopeless forever and i don't think we can grasp that it's it's in the movie that elijah has watched a hundred thousand times do you hear the words forever? Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Sandlot? Yes. Yeah, I remember that. And he drags it out like he's doing Four it in slow motion. But that is, burr. you know, that's that's exactly, that's yeah, exactly the that's... way it is. And when I talked about Peter. You know, Peter was brash and uh, right in people's faces. And that's just the way he was pushy and whatever. And Jesus tried to warn him that Satan was after him. He says he wants to sift your soul like wheat. He wants to have his way with you. And I guess it goes back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Job, kind of the, you know, kind of the same thing. And then Peter, in his response in Luke twenty two thirty three, said, "Lord, with you I am ready to go to both the prison and to death." Jesus didn't buy, it, and he answered Peter, "The cock will not crow today until you have denied through." three times that you know me. And I think Peter probably, that probably stung him. You know, I've talked about criticism. I don't like criticism. I don't even like constructive criticism. But it, nonetheless, it still stings you a little bit. Because mm -hmm. they're bringing to, actually, if people love you, they will give you constructive criticism to help you. It's mm -hmm. not to hurt. Mm -hmm. Now, destructive, once they want to crush you, they yeah, want to hurt toxic. you. But it's, it is, it's toxic. Yeah. That's a great word in that. Well, I'm sure that stung Peter. But he was overconfident, and uh, he was wrong. That very night, Jesus' words turned to reality. The loyal, strong-hearted, courageous Peter failed his Lord. Deliberately and openly, he denied that he was one of the twelve. You know, and we look at these words in, in Luke 22, 61 and 62, and uh, I don't know which movie it was about Christ, but Jesus was before Pilate being questioned. He was like on the portico on the porch. And in this film, Jesus could look out through the columns and see Peter standing by that fire. And Peter looked up after he denied him and Jesus locked eyes with him. Mm -hmm. That was really poignant. It was really to the point. And that's like I've said about Jesus. If you were in his presence when he looked at you, you'd almost want to look away because he, he looked right into your heart and to your soul and he could tell what you were thinking. I think it, I don't think it was a harsh look. I think it was a, a love, love and compassion. And, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him, Before a cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. I think the Holy Spirit does that to us sometimes. Maybe we don't go out and weep bitterly, but, but we're convicted and it really has a an effect on us actually but you know i i'm sure after that when he'd close his eyes uh, he could see the face of jesus staring at him asking how could you peter why would you do that you know and then when he, jesus was crucified it was like driving a nail in peter's heart because hope was over right. he wasn't going to have a chance to redo it replay it or whatever and i think you know i talked about that i think there's a lot of people that have issues with family members or maybe somebody close to them that they're not talking, they're not speaking, and then that other person dies, then they stand by the casket and they are full of regret. 
I don't. I, I like that concept of not going to bed mad mm-hmm. <laughs> with anybody. Right. That you got everything cleared, that all the air is clear, or whatever. Because you know what, we don't have any guarantees. Yeah. You know, sometimes even with your spouse, you're mad and you leave and you're not. You don't say anything or you don't talk. You know, you don't know whether one of you is going to be alive at the end of that day. That's just we don't have no, we don't have any guarantees like right. that. That's right. But Peter, the only thing that he needed to carry him on was gone. But then Jesus' miraculous resurrection from the dead brought great words of grace to Peter. I, I love this, Mark sixteen seven, And this is what Jesus said after he was resurrected. Go tell his disciples and Peter. He didn't mention anybody else. He specifically singled Peter out. And Peter, I think uh, the, the significance of those words cannot be overstated. So this introduced hope back into Peter's life. Uh, he, when he heard about Jesus had had risen from the dead and he specifically asked for him, he he knew he was back maybe where, where, he, where he needed to be. So then he wrote, he was one of the founders of the early church, and then he wrote to people who needed hope in 1 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, as aliens scattered across the last vast landscape of the Roman Empire. So it changed his whole attitude. He wasn't the Peter king of the mountain take charge guy he was humbled that really humbled him and then that way he could do ministry i think it's it's hard for people to do ministry when they think they're always right or they're real arrogant or pushy or obnoxious it people don't like people don't like that ministry might happen but uh the correct kind of ministry that Mm -hmm. that uh changes hearts and and sees that humbleness that's reflected uh, you know that's the huge thing right there that is huge um, allowing God and the Holy Spirit to work in you so that you're, they can see that it's a malleable heart or a, or a softened heart, one uh, that, uh, that leads uh, from God's um, directiveness but isn't um, so brash and prideful that, no. that they, they can't be approached or, or that I'm always right and don't even dare come around me. Well, it- yeah, that that always having to be right. That's a that's a bad that's a bad trait in anybody because mm-hmm. it it ruins relationships and everything else is the problem. Um, but boy, if if our country, if believers ever needed a fresh shot of hope, it's now. Solid, stable, sure hope. Hope to press on. Hope to endure. Hope to stay focused. Hope to see new dreams fulfilled. That 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 is, and that's what the Word of God does. Because hope's around the corner of many of life contingencies. Hope beyond suffering and temptation. Hope beyond immaturity and bitterness and the realities of our culture. Hope beyond our trials and beyond times of dissatisfaction, guilt, shame, to name only a few. That is why I think it's so important to be in church. Now, I realize that there's a lot of people because of the virus have stayed home for safety reasons, and I understand that. But there is nothing like being in the body. It, it was, it, you know, when we were doing it during the week and in Aaron and on Sunday, I'd go to your house and sit on the couch with the kids and drink coffee. And Josiah was there. We just, we had a great time. I enjoyed that. I was worshiping. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's not the same as when you're with the body here. Mm-hmm. It's just not the same. Right. It is the same as far as the message and stuff. But, man, that. Uh, the church needs each other. I, I don't think 
we can stress that enough. You know, that's that's next week. Um, the title of the message is, is we are in this together. Uh, I'll get into that in a minute. But that's, uh, and I think I think we generate hope when we're together. Yeah. Uh, we're on the same page. We're on the same team. Uh, we we have the same coach, and on and on and on. And uh, Peter pointed out in in First Peter one one through nine, he pointed out a couple things. Really, he was saying hope can only be found in Christ alone. And then verse 1, he says, we are resident aliens. And then verse 17, we are tourists just passing through. And that is the point about not getting too attached. Right. Everything we have is really not ours. It belongs to God. Even our, even our, In a sense, even our spouses and our kids, grandkids, they belong to God. They're not ours. We, we want to claim uh, ownership, but it's like we talked about with Job. He held everything loosely. That's why it didn't kill him why he could go on, why he could still praise God in the midst of all of his loss is because he held things loosely. Um, in, in verse 9 of that chapter, it says that our reward for trusting Christ will be the salvation of our souls. And that's when we're saved, we start that process, and it's really not complete till we see Jesus face to face, and then it pays off, so to speak. So that's that's pretty much... Uh, and then I ended with that clip. Billy Graham is an amazing person. Those words that he spoke in, in Yankee Stadium in 1969 in that crusade are still as relevant. If you if you noticed him when he said them, you, you would have thought he was speaking today. Mm-hmm. So he talked about um, the mess that the world's in and how it needs to be um, changed through Christ and on and on and on. And he was giving people hope in that. And then... Going on into uh, this coming Sunday, we're in this together. This has been a phrase that's been around a long time, go west, young man. You know, it, Horace Greeley said that, the newspaper editor. That's when they were urging people to, to go west. Right. Um, I, I thought this was interesting. It, 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 it was concerning America's expansion westward related to the concept of manifest destiny. This is wild to me. I'm, this is more of a history lesson, maybe that intro more than than uh, the Bible. But I, I get make my point later in the message. But if you've never heard of manifest destiny, it's the belief or doctrine held chiefly in the middle and latter part of the 19th century that it was the destiny of the United States to expand its territory over the whole of North America and extend and enhance its political, social, and economic influences. The belief that the U.S. was a chosen land that had been allotted the entire North American continent by God. Hmm. They really believed that God wanted them to go west. And the problem was manifest destiny was used as a permission for the genocide of the Native Americans. Goodness. Native Americans. Yeah. And I, I get into a little bit of that. Like I said, there's a there's some history there when we talk about settlers going out. But the point that... That I, that I really want to make is that as the settlers got grant, grants for the government, they would build their sod huts on far corners of the property away from each other. And then isolation set in, and then they found out that they really needed each other, and they started building their cabins or sod huts in the corners closer to, closer to each other. Mm-hmm. So... 
as it was put to the test, isolationism proved to be a far cry from ideal. You know, people, uh, they, needed, they needed each other. Ecclesiastics 4, 9, and 10, and 12 says, Two can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for the results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he's alone, he's in trouble. And one standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better. You know, we, we in the church, we really do need each other. And you go back to the early church in Acts, they give us an example to follow, Acts 2, 44 and 45. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. They sold the possessions and shared the proceeds with those in need. Well, that's a fact. They spent a lot of time with each other. Yeah. Lived together. Yep. I mean, it was, the faith was contagious. Pro- and provided for each other and, and supported uh, one another and provided that everlasting. And that's exactly right. And then in Acts 4.32, all the believers were of one heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. Mm-hmm. They shared everything they had. So... You know, and then you ask the question, in your faith and in the landscape of your life as a follower of Christ, where's your sod hut? You know, have you, have you went into isolation uh, and put your hut in the middle of some lonely windswept acre? You know, the point is, I, I, I don't know if a lot of believers really see the need for that. Uh, I think being together makes a difference in our lives for survival. And, I, you know, actually, I do believe that uh, the answer is, is what we've talked about for the last 22 years is small groups. We've come and go and we've tried. Maybe we've failed and we've, um, we've started some groups. I think it's, it's not near, near any place where, as pastor, I'd like to see it to be. There are seven reasons why you should join a small group or if you're not in one. One, in a small group, you're noticed. Makes you part of a tighter community of friends. Mm -hmm. Two, small groups give you an extended family. And family's priceless. Three, small groups allow you to search and ask questions. You can't do that on Sunday morning. Right. Small groups, number four, provide advice and support. Small groups, number five, improve your communication skills and critical thinking abilities because you get to evaluate and you discuss things as a group. And in six, small groups improve your attitude. You experience love and acceptance, which helps give you a positive attitude. And in seven, ultimately, small groups help the church grow. So that, And that's pretty much what I'm talking about there is the fact that how much we do uh, need to be together and the need in the church is paramount. But here's the problem. One of the problems with that, we have, we have uh, crammed our life with so much, and we're so busy. We don't, we don't even have any hard, hard, and hardly have any time for ourselves. Sometimes. Right, right. That's that's us. We done. We've done that. Right. You can't blame that on anybody else. Yeah, and so I think that an adjustment and a, and a, a readjustment, a recentering, a realization, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to recognize in us and in our families where we do need to readjust sometimes that that healthy switch is is just a, a mere uh, saying no to to one thing that has gotten habitual and gravitating towards something that is so very healthy 
you know, we, we do this with our diet. We do this with, with maybe our exercise. Sure. You know, if we're, if we're aware of, of the extra 10 or 15 pounds that have gotten onto our bodies and we are going to make an adjustment, it's of a healthy type of thing. How much more so is something like this that where we will get through these times so much better and so much more with health uh, under the Lordship of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and through each other's understanding as we grow together than, than doing it alone but, but allowing ourselves to make a healthy choice to readjust and recenter so that we can uh, be a part of others' lives so they can help us grow as much as we can help them. Mm-hmm. What a what an awesome thing it is to to be able to to serve and to give. Um, that in itself uplifts the soul. In fact, I was just going through some research and some reading and listening also that that study shows that when you go in a servant's uh, heart and you reach out, the 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 amount of of things that you res- receive, like whether it be um, the oxytocin or the, uh, uh, the the different types of hormones or the the uplifting to the soul, right? Not just as we feel it physically, but physically, mentally, psychologically, all of this, that then connects us to the Lord. It's uplifted, it renews us, and what do we do? We gave away. We gave away our time. We gave away our are uh, things we didn't just hold it to ourselves, and I believe this is what along the lines of what you're well, talking it, about. Just in in in, in my life, and the, some of the older guys in church would our small group that meets home Wednesday morning. Mm. Uh, of course, during the COVID, we didn't do that, and boy, they were. It was good to get back together, and you know, I I do feel closer to those guys because I see them more. Right. <laughs> Right. We've shared about our families. We prayed for each other. Uh, we've looked at scripture together, and I think that's just the way it is. And you know, you feel like you could call all those guys for help. That's a support system there. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've discussed some things that, if it hadn't been for that small group, they these men would never had that chance to discuss that. Right. That's right. So I see the benefits in that. Uh, but it is. It's making time. I like it because it's in the morning. You know? Right, right. And a lot of people don't want to give up another evening, and I understand that. But uh, you talk about groups. Uh, of course, the ideal is once a week, but you don't have to do that. Even if even if you're in a small group that met once a month, that'd be a start. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's... Yeah, and what is, what is to be vital and to understand is that as you do commune together as this community of faith grows together it means that it needs you yeah. it needs you yeah exactly because god is uh, given that word he's gifted the church but that's right. our gift's just as important as the other person right. no there's not one gift any more important that's right we're so, all part of the body even as as strange as covid looks and feels and as we understand it to be that is our goal for us to continue to work. And, and yeah, you hear us talk about protocol, but there's a reason for that is to help with uh, what you're comfortable with or uh, uncomfortable with and how we can help with getting you back in as a part of the body. And so as you hear that, be praying for us as leaders and as the church as we continue to move forward with that and that, that, that we 
And you can rest assured that we are banking on the wisdom of God and the wisdom of around us and the mentors, and we are seeking guidance and direction through all of that so that we can um, continue to be the body that is effective not only within and around these walls and in our community as crossroads, but then, therefore, as we are a part of um, our workplace or our yeah. home base or our our, our extended families or whatever that might be that we are to glorify God as we continue to learn and grow together. Yeah. So, well, and going back to what we started in the beginning, uh, Channel 10 was over there today taking pictures. So, uh, oh. Diane and I might be on Channel 10. I don't know. <laughs> but you won't know me because I have a mask on. I guess. But I'm wearing a dark blue shirt and a yellow hat. So, that'll you can man. pick, pick yes. me out. Yes. So. Uh, now, I, I guess I need to ask, was your mask, you know, did it? Did did your mask match in color? Yeah, it was, it was light blue paper. Was it? So, okay. Oh, I guess yeah, I, got, I guess I'm, you got away with yeah, it. Yeah, I got away with it. It, <laughs> it matched. Diane's mask was flowered. Oh, I see. So, so any, uh, hopefully it was matching. Yeah. So that was. Uh, <laughs> they asked if I wanted to say something, and I said no. Not I didn't want to really want to say anything. Because uh, this is this tough season for lip readers. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I didn't realize how much I look at people's lips when they're talking. Yeah, I, I think it's we true. do it. I think yeah. we do. Yeah. You know, so anyhow, that's where we're at. Well, Pastor, can you pray us out sure. here, please? Lord, we love you. We thank you for the hope that you do bring to us and instill in our hearts, Lord, that hopefully we might have some bad days, but we won't ever be hopeless because we have you in our hearts. And uh, we always think, as far as myself, I always think tomorrow's going to be better. If you have a bad day, it happens. You know, you pray through it and think, boy, when I wake up in the morning, it's going to be a different day. And most of the time it is, and I thank you for that. So I just pray for these folks that listen to this, Lord, that, uh, that you might just fill them with hope right now, even even in this moment. And, and give us that hope for tomorrow that you're in charge and it's, it's going to be all right, whether it's things we don't like or not. But nonetheless, as your children, you do. And fathers, you think about uh, how much we really do need each other. You know, we like individualism and uh, relying on ourselves, but sometimes that, that doesn't always work. I don't know about other people, but I know within myself I, I need the church. I need other people. I need other followers of Christ to, uh, to share uh, the burdens and share the joys and the sorrows and everything that happens to us in life. So I just pray, God, as we, we think about that, that we'd really... Uh, if we're not in a small group, that we might even think about starting one or um, joining one, actually, because I know that there are tons of talented people uh, within our body that uh, could really do a good job. So I just pray that you might impress that on their hearts, Lord. Uh, we ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. 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 You know, and I know talking to different people, there's so many kinds of different groups that you could have. And uh, talking with the professor... And Marianne and their kids, you know, they do homeschooling. And, and you know, uh, Sarah said that, you know, she would even teach a small group on, on how to homeschool. I think stuff like that's really important. Mm -hmm. yep. And there are tons of people that's gifted at things. You know, you got you got learning groups, you got Bible study groups, you got service groups that go out and do things. So I, I think it just opens up a whole other uh, area and arena so I, I'm just praying for guidance and direction on that as, as our staff and as our church as we think about this I know Chris has started some groups and continue to do that but I think there's a lot more that we need to get into so that's right 
Well, keep trusting as uh, as you move forward in each and every day. Trust in the Lord uh, with all your heart. And uh, it's uh, it's so important as we stay vitally connected to one another. You know, reach out as the Holy Spirit nudges you to um, maybe make a phone call or a text um, or stop by just to, to drop a, a sweet cake in the mail for somebody. Oh, or maybe your pastor. It's a pastor's yeah, appreciation month. Oh, that's right. I oh, yeah, about October. That. Yeah. Anyway, hint, hint, wink, wink, right? Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Us pastors mentioning oh, that. Well, goodness sakes. Well, hey, I, I digress. But um, thanks for joining us here today. We are so grateful that you have uh, taken the time to listen. And uh, we do believe that this is a vital ministry as it continues to go out midweek every week. And uh, we'll stick to this and uh, continue to bring a good word. Well, until next week, uh, may God bless you and enrich your lives with uh, the mercy and grace that he bestows on each one of us. Until then, we'll say goodbye.